Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the 21st day of June, and we are in the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. I had to double check. Um, We've been in 10 so long that I actually sat down today to record and went, okay, we're going to be in Mark 10.53. I don't know if you're looking at your hard copy. There is no Mark 10.53. I was just so in tune to Mark 10, I assumed, oh, this thing goes on forever. It doesn't. It stops after verse 52. We Technically, we're in chapter 11. I know when Mark wrote it, he didn't stop and say, new chapter. But it is a really good chapter break. In fact, Mark chapter 11 is the beginning of the end. And it's the greatest end in the history of the world. The end which signifies the ultimate beginning, the end of the earthly ministry of Jesus, which then paves the way for the resurrected Christ, the ascended and enthroned Christ, the descended spirit at the day of Pentecost, all of the things that make Christianity what it is really starts here. Now, you could say, of course, that it starts at the nativity. I think Mark would disagree because Mark skipped the nativity. He goes right to work with Jesus getting baptized because that's sort of the early church's feelings of the beginning of this, where Jesus goes into water. But for all of us, it's the cross. The reason I say that Mark 11 starts there is verse 1, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat, loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here. We're going to, in the next day or two, go through this moment and show you the Old Testament significance of this cult and this tying of the don- untying of the donkey. But for purposes of today's podcast and to set up the next several podcasts, this is... The, the scripture that is often used as Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the Sunday before the resurrection in which Jesus enters Jerusalem for the final time. Up until the night of his judgment, his earthly judgment, where Pilate condemns him to die, we do not have record that Jesus ever spent the night in Jerusalem during his ministry. We know that he did, as a 12-year-old boy, he was there for days in Jerusalem. But in his adult ministry, when he makes the choice of where to go and what to preach and where to preach and to whom to preach, he chooses at the end of every day to leave Jerusalem, to go to Bethany. And it maybe it presages the idea that he's that the spirit that is on that old covenant temple system is refusing to find rest there. A little bit like the dove that flies around at the flood and can find nowhere to lay its foot so it comes back to the ark. Uh, Jerusalem and the system of religion is providing no rest and there's nowhere to lay your foot. Jesus doesn't spend the night there. However, on this and he, and he won't tonight either. He won't on Sunday night. He won't on Monday night. He won't on Tuesday. So he keeps leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back. And it leads us to the great stories of the, the fig tree, the cleansing of the temple, 
uh, the, 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 the moment of his authority being questioned, and then a couple of parables that lead us up to Passion Week and lead us all the, or up to the Passion and then all the way to the resurrection. Jesus will enter on a donkey. And we're going to talk about that donkey and that symbol over the next few days, but I would just concisely say this as we introduce this week. Jesus would have rode in from the east because he keeps staying at Bethany. Bethany is just a little village up past what we know as the Garden of Gethsemane. Then there's the Valley of Kidron that wraps all the way around to Gehenna, around Jerusalem. But if you cross that valley and come in by the eastern gate, you would go right to the Temple Mount. So you can leave, Jesus could leave the Temple Mount, go straight out the eastern side, cross through Gethsemane, where he obviously is stopping frequently, which we'll find later. And he goes to Bethany and he stays at the home, probably of his very wealthy friends, uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So when he rides into the city, he comes in from the east. Pilate has a coastal castle. It's actually owned by King Herod, but Pilate has a residence at what we now call Caesarea Maritima which is a coastal town to the extreme west, northwest of Jerusalem, along the Mediterranean Sea. So Pilate does not stay in Jerusalem during the year. He comes back in for the major festivals. It's his territory to govern by decree of Caesar, but he doesn't have to live there. He resides on the water, and then he comes back to Jerusalem for the festival. So when he rides in, he rides in as a Roman conqueror would ride in on a white horse, and he rides in from the west, which is where his castle is, his palace, um, no doubt on a battle horse, as a symbol of power on display. Jesus rides in from the other side of the city on a young donkey, a symbol of the opposite, that he is also a ruler, but that he doesn't ride in as a conquering general, but he rides in on a pack horse, a servant animal, because he doesn't ride in as a king in the way of the world. He rides in as a king in the way of the kingdom of God, which is a king who serves. Don't conflate the two. We are in the procession of the king. Be in the right procession. I fear that in this hour we are conflating the procession we belong to. Let's give Christ the glory and not Pilate and everything Pilate represents. If we fail to give Christ the glory, even the rocks are going to cry out, as another passage tells us. We're going to work on this passage from an Old Testament fulfilled prophecy point of view tomorrow. This is going to be a fun journey into this 11th chapter. We'll see you then. God bless.